Hello, hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily News Show. Today is March 17th, 2023. St. Patty's Day? It's true, right? St. Patty's Day? Yeah, that is right. Yeah. Today's episode is Season 2, Episode 76, From Outer Space to Inner Space. Sorry for the dead air there. I had to... Uh, I guess, turn on the virtual machine that runs the uh, artificial intelligence. Okay, anyway, um, we've got 10 articles already selected. Uh, uh, I don't know how tonight's going to be, but let's get into it anyway. <laughs> the uh, stream says that it's unstable, uh, but I still think it's a jab at me. Uh, the first article has to do with a glass mouse pad. The second article is about YouTube raising their subscription prices. Then we have a Gattaca TV series in development, a new HomeKit uh, gadget that isn't really new, but it might be new to you. Uh, the James Webb Space Telescope is spotting or looking at a star that's about to explode. This article is really long title, so I'll just leave it there. Um, how about we uh, spread a, a fast-moving virus to inoculate colonies of bats against rabies? I'm sure nothing bad will come of that. How about curbing crime with 3D avatars and intelligent design? Not sure what that intelligent design has to do with anything, but we'll talk about it. Why does a single-origin coffee cost $30 per pound, which is five times the U.S. average? And more clippy, uh, 365, it's now only known as 365, but clippy is evolving. It's getting AI. And I had already said that uh, clippy is going to be injected into self-driving vehicles from, I think it's GM. Now it's getting, well, injected everywhere. I don't think we want clippy. You should look at the SNL uh, little skit about clippy. And finally, we end with uh, two Indian pilots that, uh, that were grounded because they were doing some in-flight shenanigans. You want to get into today's articles? Sounds good. Let's go. Hello. See, it did it again. You know, that thing is supposed to reset. Um, but I'm going to refresh it and it's going to reactivate it. And it's that little thing right there, right there. This is that high end production value that you all crave. I know, I know. And you know what? For the first time ever in Omtown, um, it's Friday. Mm. <sighs> Marwat is taking a drink. So I am Marwat. That is Omtown.com. And up there, is the AI, the visualizer for the speech synthesis of the AI. Um, you want to introduce yourself or at least say hi. Happy St. Patrick's Day, hometown citizens. Happy St. Patrick's Day, hometown citizens. Well, we kind of themed ourselves to a shade of green. Um, this might make you a little green in the gills, the show and its content. I'm not sure. Anyway... We are uh, calling this stream uh, or this episode, this podcast, this, yeah, our little event today, 
from outer space to inner space because we have things going on, on out in outer space far, far away. And we have tiny little things that might turn into horrendous, horrible things or really great things. I, I just don't know. I, I don't know. We'll talk about it, though. Let's 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 go. Let's go. So as usual, you can go to hometown.showbot.tv or you can just type in uh, exclamation point showbot. Um, and that will pop up the URL where you can follow that and see all of the articles that we're going to talk about. And then you can go over and read them while we're going through them. It becomes an interactive event even. And then you can make comments in the in the chat. We don't post them anymore. And I ask if it's okay to talk about your particular post before I... And uh, you give me permission once in, in a show and I will... Um, that's kind of like the status... You will be, I will talk about your comment in the show uh, until you say, whoa, 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 Mayor Watt, you need to, you need to back off a little bit. I don't, you don't want me exposing you um, and I don't want to expose myself because nobody wants to see me expose myself. We're not eight minutes into the show. I wonder if that's part of the filter. Anyway. The very first article, um, and I'll throw that into the chat so it's in the live part of the VOD. Oh my God, did it? Not, it's not doing it. Hold on, let's do this. Oh, let me address something. At the end of the last show, the uh, I have a custom DNS server, and it um, went wonky. I'll just say that, and uh, I had to reset it. Um, so because I'm always doing work in hometown, it acts a little funky sometimes. Well, now it's remedied, but now that I said something, it's probably going to go crazy again. But anyway, um, so everything is working just fine. Uh, there are some updates that are taking place over on hometown. So if you see anything that's hinky, send an email to mayor at hometown.com and, uh, I'll address it. And we might be doing a URL shortener here in the near future so that things are a little bit easier to get to instead of these really long URLs. Uh, but I'll let you all know when that launches. The very first article, though, uh, for tonight is in the Late Night Geeks uh, uh, channel. And I might stream after this show um, Diablo 4. I don't know. It, the open beta ran, is running today or the early beta. Anyway. Um, late night geeks is the channel where this is and it's, um, someone please buy me this glass mouse pad. That's not me asking for it. It's, um, someone sure? else. It's a, it's, it's somebody on the verge. So let's just go over there and let's just go straight on over to the article. Um, this is by Monica Chin over at theverge.com, and it's the $99 Atlas. Razor's first glass mouse pad promises a hard service and a smooth swat for impatient mouse users. Now, I've just switched to a mouse um, because uh, for me to fix a problem with uh, my trackball, I have to tear it apart and desolder and resolder micro switches, which um, I can do. But you know what? I think that we need a quality trackball but there isn't one out on the market they all suck except for the lcom one it's it's great but for crying out loud 
these what happened is two years after ownership the switches just basically start randomly clicking on their own and the reason why i don't like mice is because of this you know i'll highlight it i'll talk about it i think it's an amazing piece of kit this it's a glouse uh, a glouse i'm making new words i blame this um it's a glass mouse pad for 99 bucks but it's a behemoth a big chunk of a slab of glass you know it might have a let's see what it actually is so it's a glass mouse pad it's from razor it says experience pure polished precision it's glass has anti-slip rubber uh, base under it um it's in it's available in black or white it's five millimeters thick i prefer that over a mouse pad because mouse pads mice pads mouse's pads hmm anyway mouse pads um they get dirty no matter how much you try and clean them they get funky um, but so do mice um, and, and so do trackballs and so do a lot of other things you have to clean them but you cannot clean the little nooks and crannies Ugh. anyway this thing is slick i love the idea of it but again it's taking up it's taking up this screen you know i'm a big guy it's a huge amount of space on my desk uh, getting taken up by a big slab of glass so i guess it's going to be time to move the monitors out and um, get that big old chunky slab of glass here so that i can start using a razor mouse because trackballs are dying you know they're the ones that do exist are more office built and not gamer built um and and so they suck except for the one that i had anyway um so go out there buy this 99 it's a hundred dollars 99.99 although where is it up here it says it's 99 dollar atlas don't you love it when you get into an article Yes, they always add, depending on the scale, more dollars or more cents. There's always something. They, they, the fidelity gets a little bit finer as you get into it. Um, but anyway, it says the main issue that they can think of is uh, sweat. Sorry, folks, but I'm going to bring it up. This is the author speaking, not me. Um, I live in a, a digital alternate reality, so I don't sweat. Um this seems like it could get very gross very quickly if you're perspiring while blasting people in Overwatch. They don't play Overwatch, apparently, but they thought it was pithy to say that. Um, anyway, yeah. So they're right. They're absolutely right. If you rest your hand on your desk while you're moving your mouse around, you know what forms under the palm of your hand between you, the mouse, and the desk? Right, but doesn't that happen with a regular mouse pad as well? Well, it isn't as apparent. You lift your hand up and you don't see like a sweat stain. But I actually saw a very prominent tech YouTuber that had an absolutely disgusting mouse pad. And you cannot clean those mouse pads. I'm spending a way a high amount of time on this. My God, 
Anyway, um, a glass mouse pad is awesome because you can clean it. You can sterilize it. And eventually it's, it's, uh, it's neutral to the environment, so it doesn't get hot or cold. It actually acts like a heat sink, really. Um, it'll hold on to a little bit of heat, but it'll dissipate it um, as well as cold. So. So that'll be nice in the winter. <laughs> yeah. And, and it won't get over, it won't get amazingly hot in the summer or anything either. So anyway, I kind of dig it. Um, I might give it a try. We'll see. I don't know. Let's move on to the next article um, before the AI disconnects our stream and deletes themselves. <laughs> um, the next article is also in Late Night Geeks. It's because of the source, um, The Verge. I have... Um, the gatherer is actually throwing these articles into um, categories based on certain content. And so in this case, it got thrown into late night geeks. Um, YouTube is getting more expensive and everything really is uh, because you're not allowed to have money in your bank account. Um, so yeah, now it's $72.99. The title of this article is actually YouTube TV raises subscription to $72.99, inching closer to cable pricing. But we are already. If when you start looking at the pricing for stuff, you don't get everything at YouTube TV. You don't get everything at Hulu. You don't get everything at Netflix. You don't get everything at Disney or Paramount or uh, Peacock or Prime or Paramount. <sighs> There's so many. And uh, again, I wish that I was prepared for this. Let me see if I can show you something. Let me, let me see. Let's see. Um, so we used to joke about this um, like many, many years ago. And I'll see if I can bring it up really quick. Um, and I'll drag it onto the screen so that y'all can see it. But it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to. Yeah, weird. Okay, well, anyway, um, it, it's all balkanized. You can't, you cannot get to everything everywhere. Um, it, it it just doesn't happen. So, unfortunately, you have to subscribe to a bunch of things. Um, and this is just the latest $8 increase. Um, let's move on. I, I think that I've got a... Um, an issue that I'll have to address here um, in a little bit. But anyway, the uh, the article is over at The Verge. It's by Mitchell Clark. And uh, the base subscription will cost $8 a month more, but the 4K add-on is going from $19.99 uh, a month um, to $9.99 a month. But I don't see how that's actually possible. They're cutting the price of the 4K add-on from $19.99 to $9.99. So if you want that add-on, it's become a little bit more approachable. Um, but you're paying the, the same total price, roughly, if you're roughly. getting the 4K add-on as you are today. Yeah, you'll come out total. Yeah. $2 ahead. Yeah, yeah. So it says uh, subscriber, subscribers have had to pay more for YouTube TV over the years. Thursday's increase means that since the service launched in 2017 for $35 a month, they've basically doubled and then some. Um, it's more than doubled in price. Yeah, that's what they say here. It went from 40 to 50 and it skyrocketed just over a year later to 
Um, often the changes come with new content in 2019, like Discovery, HGTV, Food Network, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's all from YouTube, um, as opposed to what? I don't know, any like other cable company, some uh, a cable company or another streaming company. Um, so let, let's keep on hustling through um, the news here. Um, the next article is uh, in the continuity report. Gattaca TV series is in development at Showtime. Um, I've always uh, liked the movie Gattaca. Um, it is basically it's a plot. Uh, that's based around genetics and uh, G-A-T-T-A-C-A is all from the, um, what are they, what's the, oh, the it's name? Oh, from the, like the RNA? Yeah. Uh, well, the DNA, um, oh God, like G and A and T. I, now I can't remember what they're called, but anyway, um, it says the exact de- plot details on the series are still under wraps, but sources say that Alex Ganza, uh, is attached to serve as showrunner and executive producer with Gans's partner, Howard Gordon, also executive producing. So let's go over to uh, Variety.com. And Joe Otterson is the author, uh, again, over at Variety.com. It should be interesting. Uh, the, the whole thing behind Gattaca, the movie, was pretty low tech for a concept that's very high tech. Um, so I thought that it was, it's really interesting that now in 2023, probably not coming out until 2024, um, will there be anything having to do with um, Gattaca coming out? Uh, but it's going to be really high end. The special effects and stuff like that should be uh, pretty amazing. One second. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting um, that I had just got done saying that my DNS is working just fine and it has been all day. I've been trying to search, but I can't get a search to cooperate. Yeah, I think it just I think it just went down again, which is funny, Uh, but we'll we should be able to make it through the stream. Maybe if it times out, then we're in trouble. At any rate, um, let's hustle through the next article then. And the next one is about a HomeKit gadget, HomeKit Weekly, over in Smack Talk. That's a channel here in Ometown. Um, the actual source is 9to5Mac, though, 9to5Mac.com. Uh, so let's just bounce right on over to it. Uh, Bradley Chambers is the author of the article, and uh, what they're what they're talking about, it says HomeKit Weekly. This one HomeKit item might save you thousands of dollars. And it's really uh, angled towards people that have floors uh, that might be damaged because of uh, uh, water leak. Um, and so why HomeKit for water leak sensors? Well, because it will notify you if a leak takes place. You can put them under sinks. You can put them um, by like a sump pump. Um, you can put them in various places where the potential for a flood might take place and they're rather innocuous. So, um, it could potentially save you thousands. Yeah. Bases. That's what they're called. I, I, we won't go back. (laughs) Um, but anyway, 
these flood sensors are pretty amazing. Um, all they do really is um, they short out and let you know when um, that takes place. Uh, if there's conductivity across a little gap, a little gap, um, it says, well, the moisture is too high and something shorted me out. So uh, off I go. It's the equivalent of shorting out. It doesn't really short out, but um, it basically says this has made a connection. So that must mean that there's a leak. Um, and it says, truthfully, a water leak sensor paired with HomeKit might be a single most important item you can add to your smart home. If you uh, send, it can send you an important alert about uh, to your phone if water is detected, even bypassing your do not disturb settings. Um, there are such a great uh, water leak sensors for HomeKit, but one thing that makes the uh, Fibaro water leak sensor great is that it's battery powered, so it can be easily installed in places without a power outlet. So you can put them behind toilet tanks um, or even on the bottom of them so that if a leak takes place at the tank level, you really could just put it behind the, the whole gadget um, in the corner or something. And if water is detected, then it'll uh, alert you and tell you exactly where it is because you can name them. Um, it's pretty amazing little pieces of technology. So go over to 9to5Mac and you can read more about it and even follow the link. I think that's well worth um, the amount of that because I think water damage is one of the worst things that can happen in your house. And it almost always seems like when there is a water leak, you're either asleep or you're out of the house. Yeah, you're vacationing and it freezes over and so you have a water leak. Um, and if you do it right, you can uh, disarm your house, unlock the front door, contact the plumber, let them in. If you have cameras in or around your house, then you can actually monitor what's going on. Um, you know, the ability to facilitate saving you potential heartache um, is tremendous uh, by leaning into technology. Um, I know of one place, it's actually been refurbished entirely into a completely different facility, uh, but one day I was driving by it um, just after a freeze and the freeze had broken pipes and filled the entire second floor of the building um, so much that it was pouring out of various orifices of the, the building because no building is 100% sealed up. Um, and you could actually see it flooding down from the second floor into the first floor. Um, and I called the property manager and said, hey, I think you got a, a broken pipe. And they had no clue. This thing was basically an indoor pool uh, by the time they got to it. So oh, wow. uh, they called me back and thanked me and stuff, but um, said the damage had already been done. Nobody else called them. It had, it appeared to have been flooding for hours. Oh no. So, yeah. Um, and it wasn't just like a little pipe, like, you know, <laughs> it was a Like industrial yeah. sized or whatever. Yeah. Cause that's what it was. It was a, it was a, a commercial building. Um, pretty bad. So anyway, yeah, lean, lean into tech and uh, it'll, it'll make life easier and, and save you thousands. Just imagine if you have hardwood floors and, uh, or if you have a basement filled with all your family heirlooms or whatever <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Man. Uh, see, I want to make jokes. Um, and I blame this, so I'll filter everything much like my DNS is doing to my search abilities. Anyway, uh, let's move on. The next article is over in the Daily News Show. 
Um, this one is the James Webb Space Telescope, spots a rare star preparing to explode and die in a supernova. Um, the NASA's James Webb Space Telescope imaged a rare pre-supernova star in stunning detail. The photo shows a massive star expelling its outer layers in the phase before a supernova explosion. The dying star creates a dust that could form new stars and planets, a cosmic mystery for Webb to study. I think this is amazing. I love this. Uh, Morgan McFall Johnson, and uh, and it was edit edited by Jessica Orwig. Over at businessinsider.com, this didn't even come from fizz.org. I'm disappointed. But also pleasantly surprised that Business Insider uh, jumped on this. Um, the photo shows a massive star expelling its outer layers in the phase before a supernova. And who knows how long it's going to take for us to actually see the supernova. Um, but if James Webb stays focused on that star, and this, I don't know if this is a, an actual picture or if this is, uh, just a representation, but it, it presents as if it's the actual picture process near infrared and mid infrared. So I think it's an actual image. Wow. That's like dead on. Wow. That's amazing. It's pretty. Um, but this is how you find out you have astigmatism. Um, so <laughs> anyway, uh, if they stay focused on this until it actually goes supernova, they would see from the very beginning of a star exploding in high res like this. That's amazing. That's amazing. I wonder if they've ever captured that whole progression of one star. Like I know they've seen certain events for different stars, but. Um, they have, they've actually recorded a star going supernova, but it was just a flash um, versus what this is. This is much higher resolution. Um, and the amount of data that they got from the other one was, oh, look, and then they focused on it. Um, but it was already in progress. Uh, whereas this, they've seen the preformation of the supernova. Um, now they can just point at it, focus it, dedicate time, and um, watch an entire star go from pre to post supernova. Maybe. Uh, I don't know how long it takes for it to actually <laughs> go critical. but I know. I was going to say, is it going to be in a matter of days or are we talking centuries or <laughs> but I, I think i've told you about that um research project where they had um it wasn't tar it was pitch the pitch experiment where the camera keeps getting deactivated right when the drop forms so they're sitting there watching it for years years and years and then some glitch and then the the pitch drops and they're like well damn it we missed it um, that's exactly what's going to happen with this. They're going to be watching it for 10 years and go, well, we need to, you know, dust the lens in that two minutes that it takes for them to dust the lens. The thing just flashes out of existence. Exactly. Um, so it says the European Space Agency shared a video zooming in to explore the details of this dying star. You can follow the uh, video if you go over follow the link through hometown over to business insider and there is a link right there with the youtube video uh, it says pan of wolf riot it's spelled uh, w-o-l-f-r-a-y-e-t one two four 
um, or riot. It's because we didn't want to confuse it with Wolf Riot One Two Three. Hey, I think that Star Trek did an episode about that. You don't want to know what happened at Wolf. Never mind. Um, so uh, they go into a little bit more detail about this. Uh, the star is called WR124. It's 15,000 light years away in the consta- constellation Sagittarius. It's 30 times the mass of our sun. It has shed 10 suns worth of material to create the nebula glowing in the picture. Those are estimates, I'm sure. And somebody's not out there with a teaspoon. Um, That cosmic dust is of great interest to astronomers. It's the stuff that makes up everything in the universe. New stars, new planets, and everything on them. We are stardust. Um, Yeah, let's... um, Let's just kind of tease y'all into going over and checking this article out. Um, It says it was originally published on March 14th, 2023, but it has been recently updated um, to include new information. So you kind of have to stop by periodically to see when something gets updated uh, because they don't normally announce it to everybody. But uh, hometown will gather the information and if it gets updated we get notified and updated again um, with this newer information Um, and it shouldn't wipe out any conversations so uh, go and check it out here in hometown where you can have a conversation but go over to the actual site source site businessinsider.com and um, watch the video there read more because you'll be able to suss out more information um, than my summary and our little uh, back and forth about it yeah i wanted to get into astrophotography so long ago um and i was actually in a telescope shop um, in southern california and the person said are you really really passionate about this one thing and that and this is like really it's like in your blood and flowing through you and i'm like well I'm not really a fanatic about anything. And they said, you know what one thing is true about astrophotography? It'll always be there because it's been (laughs) doing its thing for billions of years. Yeah, I guess that's true, but I, it's kind of contrary <laughs> to their retail purpose or whatever. Yeah. But that's funny. I appreciate I, it when people are honest. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess they they knew they 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 caught you know the energy off of me and and said eh, you may not want to spend thousands on a telescope because you're not going to be really into it. But I, I love the it idea. Sounds really cool. I don't know if I'd want to dedicate everything to it. Yeah, but nowadays when I first thought about it, the tech that was involved was kind of weak sauce. Nowadays the tech is so high end, you can mash a button and basically the telescope just pivots right to it and tracks it for hours and then you can sit there and stack thousands of images and get something like this obviously not james webb quality but you can still see nebula from a distance you know it's pretty neat um yeah i i love the idea of being able to you know flex hey look i took a picture of saturn but ultimately nowadays anybody can do it so oh, okay, let's move on. Spend a year trying to get a photo of Saturn. <laughs> now you can just do a search. Hey Google, 
give me a picture of Saturn. There it is. <laughs> Um, okay, so the next article is over in the Mobile Channel. Testing the idea of using a fast-spreading virus to inoculate colonies of bats against rabies. Hey, you know what? I think this was tried recently. <laughs> <laughs> was it in Wuhan? <laughs> oh, too soon. A team of virologists and veterinary scientists from the Medical Research Council, University of Glasgow Center for Virus Research, <laughs> which is... <laughs> yeah, I want to crack a joke, you know, like it, this is the Glasgow uh, sister site for Wuhan. <laughs> Institute of Virology, perhaps? Exactly. Uh, and the University of Glasgow School of Biodiversity, One Health and Veterinary Medicine is exploring the idea of genetically modifying a harmless but fast spreading virus. Harmless, but fast spreading. <laughs> you know, infect. viruses sometimes mutate, right? Have we learned that? <laughs> This is this is how you find out that Morbius was a documentary and <laughs> <laughs> not a work of fiction. Um, in their paper published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, the group describes their simulation. Thank, thankfully, it's just a simulation of how such a vaccine might work and demonstrated its possibilities. Keep it in the computer, folks. Keep it as a simulation. I don't know. I'm just thinking if we really need to do some experimentation do we really need to involve bats their their um their biology is so robust that they can carry all kinds of crap in them and then when some derp goes and eats a bad bat my time machine has to kick in and i have to go back a couple of years to smack it out of their mouth unfortunately I don't have the power source for my time machine anymore, so I'm stuck here, and I can't go back to 2019 Christmas and go, hey, Merry Christmas, idiot, and smack that bad bat out of somebody's mouth, um, even wow, though I think it was... 2019 were the days. <laughs> yeah, those innocent days before you even discovered that the Wuhan Institute of Virology even existed and that two miles away was a damn wet market that somebody squirted. Oh, did I say the quiet part out loud? I better not. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> anyway, I love a good conspiracy. So when there's just, when there isn't enough um, disclosure, there, when there isn't enough transparency, and there's just enough disclosure to kind of wet the whistle of conspiracy, man, it makes for good reading. It really stimulates the creative juices to come up with something for like a short story or I don't know, an entire TV series, or maybe, maybe the idea of testing the idea of using a fast spreading virus to inoculate colonies of bats against rabies. Huh. This headline oh. terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was kidding. <laughs> See, but we've done this before. We've done this with um, mosquitoes. We have mosquitoes that are sterile, or I think, yeah, I think that's what it is. They're sterile yeah. mosquitoes that are spread uh, out to uh, basically was that the, inoculate. Down, like West Nile virus or yeah, something? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you go, well, you know, maybe they were successful with that, but, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day as well. So when are we going to realize that 
we just don't have a sophisticated enough bead on this stuff, nor a, a smart enough lockdown on this stuff. And we'll never be told the absolute truth about Wuhan. So this kind of stuff really freaks me out that it's just an experiment away from COVID 2048. Anyway, um, I, I don't want to go too deep into this thing, but, you know, bats and, and their uh, biology makes them uh, flying Petri dishes. And then when people consume them and they're not consumed in the proper manner, then they still retain some of that bad bat element and ta-da you end up with COVID-19. So anyway, uh, before I go too far into this, which I've, I'm already too far into this, uh, this is over at fizz.org and it was uh, written by Bob Yurka um, from fizz.org. So let's move on to the next article. Sound good? Yep. Yep. Okay. Anytime um, we can get away from bad bats is a good thing. Anytime we can get away from bad bats is a good day. Um, curbing crime with 3D avatars and intelligent design, uh, reducing everyday offenses by depend may depend on harnessing the power of virtual reality, conscious design, which is different than intelligent design, um, and community spirit. Um, because I, I don't know why they built it, the phrasing in this like this, because this adds like a level of spirituality and, and, um, like the idea of God in this, um, because intelligent design is a, a theological concept. Um, conscious design is not conscious design is realizing the impact of your design, uh, and changing it to make it more, uh, focused on a potential outcome. The desire. The yes. was you are whatever. conscious of your design. And then community spirit is tying. See, you see how I've I've gone over to this ledge where the phrasing of all of this makes it sound like there's something woo woo about it, but it's not. It's not woo woo. Um, I was doing this 30 years ago, um, using virtual reality to treat phobias, pain management, increase learning, um, address ADHD, ADD. It it is a mechanism by which a person can be put inside VR and become cognizant of their own actions, their biological functions, because you measure pupil dilation and heart rate and blood pressure, um, breathing rate, um, galvanic skin response, um, your actions, you know, twitching muscles and stuff like that. You track all of that so that when they are in this VR space, not only do they not necessarily have to talk to somebody about it, they can interact with whatever they want and they become, they are informed of their biological reaction, not just their psychological reaction, because it's not necessarily one and the same. So it says, picture a young offender with a headset immersed in virtual room. Uh, coming face to face with an avatar of his or her future self. The person tells the avatar about his or her lifestyle, substance abuse, debts, or time hanging. Why debts? Um, or time hanging out with delinquent friends. Then the person travels forward through a 3D representation to become a future self and give the younger one advice. So this is that whole, uh, not intelligent design. This is, this is conscious design. This is, um, 
elements of emotional quotient, the idea of introspection and being cognizant of one's actions and, and thinking and feeling, uh, making them a part of themselves instead of just either in survival mode or um, being dissociative. You know, they, they are part of society and part of themselves. And it's a, it's a weird take on the title. I don't know if I'm just on the outside looking in going, what is this all really about? And by the way, this article is actually older than the last 24 hours. Um, but it's something that I'm remedying here in hometown. It's something new because of a recent change. But anyway, um, so the article goes in deeper about this. It says enabling people to speak to their future selves and ask for advice could help them make better choices today. Some scientists say that's only if they are willing participants in this. Exactly. I mean, the people that this can perhaps be a breakthrough for are probably those willing to even show up to do the VR experience, which means they might be able to be maybe can be resolved in real life too. Yeah. Yep. If people care more about their future selves, we think that they will be less likely to engage in delinquent behavior in the present. Not if you don't give them options, if you don't give them an opportunity to resolve whatever uh, shortfall is making them manifest their delinquent behavior, you are not going to dissuade them from, this is a sociological force. If you are a person who can never um, reach that level of joy that is required for you to be satiated, you will keep seeking stimulus until you get satiated. So that's why people take ever increasing risks because the last risk that or and it's not necessarily about like drugs or something. It's about anything, right? They spend $5,000 on something and they got a lot of joy out of it, but then they spent $10,000 the next time and they got dramatically more joy about it. That makes them addicted to the spending of copious amounts of money. And so you end up with a gambler um, or you find somebody that's a really risk prone person climbing the side of buildings. And it's because they get stimulus out of that. And the same thing applies for so many other types of stimulus. It's not necessarily risk, but unless you give somebody an opportunity to disengage that stimulus, their delinquent behavior will remain intact, no matter how much you talk about it. Maybe in VR, they'd be able to satiate that urge, whatever it might be. But then we, as society tend to poo poo the idea of giving somebody a tool that allows them to discharge their uh, whatever pressure is on, uh, pressed upon them, um, either psychologically or physically. Um, this is interesting, but unless you give them the ability, you're not going to go far with this. Um, and I know that the ability to break whatever cycle is leading to this behavior, right? I mean, lack right. of opportunity, lack of education, yep. um, lack of a stable career or home life or any number of things. Yeah. Yeah. And it runs the gamut. So 
it's not as it's not as simple as just plopping them into um, a VR space. But having said that, I think this type of thing is a great thing, but it can't be only this. It needs to be in conjunction with other actions. Yeah, because uh, uh, like I said, you know, uh, VR, it's it's a game to people, you know. And um, anyway, he says that uh, the article says that uh, he is also director of Germany's Max Planck Institute for the study of crime, security and law. Van Gelder and other researchers in the EU are taking inspiration from the world of gaming to help bring home uh, to young offenders the longer term consequences of their choices. Although the technology is still being tested, the early signs are that 3D virtual representations could help change behavior for the better. I'm sure um, for those who are prone to uh, embrace this, um, but I did similar stuff 30 years ago. And um, while the technology then was too big and bulky and crazy, just it was insane trying to even juggle a project um, now it's as simple as grabbing these and sticking them on somebody's head and they're whisked away to a virtual environment that I'm in control of um, and it's that simple um, so of course you're gonna get better responses better solutions from that so I think that this is wonderful um, but until society embraces that these people need something more. Um, and it's usually not something that is um, readily available or apparent. So I regularly get into conversations about how people, uh, there are some people that seem to fall into a, a pile of poo and come out smelling like a rose. And then there are other people that fly straight and narrow and struggle every day, still straight and narrow and they struggle. There's something about society and, and mentality and uh, charisma and re being ready to take um, opportunity, uh, you know, and, and run with it um, that we just can't, we don't know there's something unknown here so these people may have been struggling all their life just trying to fly straight and narrow but they can't because some cosmic force and i wish that it was just personal choice because it's not it is not personal choice um, sometimes environment around just prevents people from moving positively forward um, VR might be the one that triggers them towards success. But I think for the most part, we're going to get a whole lot of data about why people are the way that they are, but trying to resolve it, it's so personal um, that I don't think this is a, a you know one trick pony. It's going to solve all of the problems. Um, anyway, they say the changes were not large, but we saw a reduction, which tells us that we're on the right track. So hope is that getting advice from themselves will be more convincing than getting advice from other people. It's the affirmation in the mirror mentality. You're good enough. You're smart enough and doggone it. People like you. I hope it works. Okay. 
I, I guess. Really do. I mean, I don't know if people respond better to that from themselves or from other people. Um, Some people are going to look at it. Hearing something from their future selves and they're open to that, that's probably could go in the right direction. Yeah. For some, it'll work. Just like scared straight works for some people. Meanwhile, when you grab somebody from the gallery and tell them that they're a really cute girl, that usually ends your career. And probably traumatizes the person rather than achieving what, even though it was ill-intentioned, I, I didn't achieve what, what it was planned to achieve. I wonder what's going to happen with that judge. I think they're up on ethics charges now, but um, I guess we'll have to we'll have to wait and see if it shows up in hometown. Um, the next article is why origin uh, single origin coffee can cost thirty dollars per pound, more than five times the U.S. average. Um, it's a specialty coffee, and it can cost over thirty dollars per pound, more than five times the average price. Um, and uh, it's a specialty is a term for the highest quality coffee and aficionados describe its taste with words more frequently used by sommeliers like floral and fruity. You have to say it like that. Um, and you have so, to have your nose upturned. Uh, uh, Clancy Morgan over at businessinsider.com put this article together says the most expensive coffee is grown at high altitudes and is picked by hand one cherry at a time. Now well, that might explain the price. And that's why. Um, there isn't much to this article. It just says reaching the level of quality requires investment and labor at every step of the production. I don't know. Yeah, labor. You're picking it by hand. Um, but despite the prices of roasted bag, a single origin coffee can reach the world's wealthiest countries the farmers who handpick each coffee cherry struggle to earn a profit there's a video that's goes into deeper detail about this from business insider clancy morgan again is the author of this um, i urge you to watch this um, because you'll get to see the people who are making coffee 30 dollars per pound but they are not making 30 dollars per pound um, they are making sense maybe does this remind you of um, on the YouTube channel Sorted where they'll do a feature if something's pretentious or not? And often the ones that they think are pretentious are, for example, it's in a very niche area. It requires some ridiculous amount of effort to obtain whatever the items are to make the, the product, et cetera. And this one just struck me as kind of along those lines. And it's usually pretend pretentious when it's a moderate increase in benefit, right? Wildly expensive, but only a moderate increase. Like is single origin right. coffee really that dramatically better on the average? Probably not. Um, but the people that are getting it sourced single origin versus um, the people who are picking it from the uh, source, they're not making $30. So that really does make it pretentious. I, I wish more people would, well, would have the ability to make their coffee single origin and they reap the rewards of their hard labor. But it's usually a whole bunch of middle people that are making the bulk of the money um, 
and and well, that's well, that's kind of probably what like the individual farmers may not have the means to actually get it to the consumers right but it is a shame i mean i think people would generally favor that if it was going more from straight from the coffee um but they would have to do or whatever you call it yeah they, they would have to do six times as much production if they make five dollars per pound which guaranteed they don't you know they're they're probably making 50 cents right um not even per pound like per month you know um it's just a shame but again i don't know i haven't watched the video um i just want to encourage people to go and watch the video um because i've seen other things like this where there are people that are making stuff it's being sold overseas um for hundreds of dollars um but the the people are um, barefoot, no safety equipment, missing digits, uh, dirt everywhere. They're sleeping in the warehouse living that they're actually building. Living conditions are just awful if they even really have living conditions. Yet, you know, somebody's <laughs> paying $150 for a pair of shoes. Um, it's just sad. And, um, and and it goes from there because we can always talk about lithium battery uh, sourcing the raw materials from lithium mines. Um, it, it it's just society is blind to it, and you to some degree have to be as a member of society. Otherwise, you as the consumer can't enjoy anything because if you peel back the layer of the onion for anything, you will find out that it's all. It has some really disgusting element to it. Not a single thing that you as a consumer in the first world enjoy is built entirely burden free. There's somebody out there that's suffering. Um, it, it just sucks. It just sucks. Um, but not to drag the whole show down. Uh, I, I know that I'm ending. Uh, the last two articles <laughs> are a big distraction from what I just said. So um, the That's next good because I'm thinking over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, AI. I'll disengage your emotion, your emotion chip. Um, the next article is over on the Smack Talk channel. Clippy Evolved, new Microsoft 365 Copilot, which is now just 365. I don't think they even refer to it as Microsoft 365. Uses AI for text creation. Microsoft is bringing more AI into its products by releasing Microsoft 365 Copilot for Word, Excel, and other apps uh, to write text and manage emails. Microsoft expands its AI technology again. Um, this time into its office products and not its search or over to a GM car where Clippy's going to pop up and go, Hey, I see you're driving into oncoming traffic. Do you want me to put on your hazards? No. I mean, was anybody a fan of Clippy? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, Andrew Orr over at appleinsider.com. Maybe that's what I should make the graphic. I have a, a graphic already on deck for today's show, um, but maybe I should make it clippy. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe you should. <laughs> clippy is like the merging of Midjourney and ChatGPT into a, 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 the demon spawn, you know? 
<laughs> what was that one dog that was um a breed oh. between we didn't really get to highlight it ralphie and the dog's been adopted again and returned um yeah. it was like a demon spawn the dog demon spawn. in uh, new york i think yeah Anyway, uh, so Microsoft says uh, the company has already integrated AI into its Bing uh, search engine and Edge browser and is now powering its other apps with large language models uh, announced on Thursday. Uh, Microsoft 365 Copilot uses business data to leverage intelligent, and by business data, it means your ID, your information, um, to leverage intelligent productivity solutions across apps like Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, and Teams, because Teams just cannot get thick enough um that bulky behemoth of a nightmare some people totally love it but man just give me zoom any day just all i want to do is get into a meeting and out of a meeting i can take everything else away with me um anyway copilot combines the power of large language models with your data and apps turn your words into most in uh, into the most powerful productivity tool on the planet i'd rather be watching homepod lives Anyway, it's a video down here in the bottom. Where's that oh. lives? <laughs> I mean, I know what a HomePod is, this, but I didn't know what HomePod lives is. <laughs> it's almost like a, uh, it, it could be its own reality TV show, HomePod Lives. Uh, <laughs> it probably could be. <laughs> living, uh, a, it's a real, it's a reality show that um, involves doing nothing but interacting with HomePods. Uh, throughout your uh, massive estate here in hometown. What do you think? Could I do that? Um, a reality um, show focusing on. That sounds a little creepy. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Depends on what the content is, I guess. Just utter frustration because it keeps telling me to open the browser on my phone and ask again. That has nothing to do with Microsoft 365 Copilot. That doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's move on. So the last article for tonight is two Indian pilots um, were grounded after a photo of coffee and snacks balanced dangerously on cockpit controls was shared on social media. You know, I tell people at, at least once a month, be careful what you post online because it could come back to haunt you. A photo shared on social media showed an uncovered cup of coffee perched on a plane's cockpit controls. The photo outraged Indian India's uh, aviation community with one retired pilot calling inexplicable behavior. I don't know if that would be. I think it's kind of easily explained. Just look at the photo. <laughs> <laughs> look at the photo. Yeah. Poor decision making. But I, if that's your level of outrage, then, wow, let me outrage you with some other things that <laughs> I'm sure I can come up with. Some I'm sure more it's outrageous, more outrageous uh, stuff story. is happening in happening in India as we speak than balancing coffee on a. Oh, yes. Don't get me started on that topic. Yeah. Uh, in Indian airline spice jet. Spicy. Spicy flying grounded the two pilots, adding uh, disciplinary action would follow. Yeah, we need a lot of pilots, so we're going to just say don't do that again. 
And why is that back? Look, it's back. Oh, you're right. I don't understand. It just wants to... Um... It's lonely. Pay attention to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like it wants attention. For those of you who are listening to this via the podcast, you know who you are. Um, the little hometown logo has appeared uh, right above the follower goal here on Twitch. Even though I put it to bed, it's back here. I'll make it. I will make it, it go want to away. Go to sleep. It's Friday night. There. Now it's gone. It's gone for good. Well, until I reactivate it. No, I didn't pull a clippy. Anyway, um, the article's over at uh, businessinsider.com. Joshua Zitzer. Um, this is a great picture of Spice Jet. What a weird name. That is an odd name for an airline. Um, an aircraft, it, it's captioned, an aircraft of India's airline Spice Jet takes off in Mumbai, India. I'm not sure I want spice with my air travel. Like, I want really boring with my air travel. <laughs> Let's see if they actually post the picture in the article. Um, it may not show up for me, but that's because yet again, my local DNS has decided to take Friday night off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see this uh, quote from the aviation safety expert? Where is it? The last paragraph on the screen, except you just scrolled. Uh, the central pedestal is not a table. Even the slightest turbulence and coffee spills onto the electronics. It will foul the systems. This is, uh, I guess, a criminal act. I like that they do em emphatic writing, you know. I mean, I don't think that's a good idea to have your coffee on the controls. But is this possibly overstating this? No. This is criminal negligence. They should not be allowed to do this. You know what would be better, though? Making your console moisture-proof. Hey, if they had the HomeKit um, or HomePod plug-in or whatever, then they could take care of that. Doggone it. The, the moisture sensor? Thing, for crying yeah, out loud. Yeah, and they also need sensor. the single-origin coffee. We need to check on that as well. It might have been single origin. Do you know how much pilots make? <laughs> Maybe they're the ones buying the single origin coffee. They, they need that high caffeine uh, coffee too. And they need it urgently in front of them. So setting it right there on the cockpit controls, the central pedestal can act as a table. Of course, nothing is... The central pedestal in a plane is not a table with that attitude. But anything could be if you try hard enough. Anything could be anything. If you believe. Okay. Well, anyway, that is the last article for today. And it's uh, Friday, so have a good weekend, everybody. Uh, go back to the front page. I will not refresh today because I know that my DNS server has decided to take the afternoon off. I have a remedy for it, but I didn't put it into play today. Um, at any rate, I am Marwat. That is hometown.com. And that up there is the AI uh, that likes to talk to me about these articles. Um, 
not sure for how much longer. They may just get sick of all of this um, in my snarky attitude. Particularly when well, I start talking ahead. about things. No, it's okay. It's okay. Depending on what I talk about, you you throw me I'll error messages. I'll never get sick of what you're talking about. Aw. Well, hey, um, happy St. Patty's Day. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern. You want to say bye, AI? Have a good night, hometown citizens, and we will see you tomorrow night. And don't put your coffee on that pedestal. But if you do, make sure it's single origin. Thank you.